0: I the and
1: at an early I in the Caribbean is the topic of our WaveScan program today. Welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS664 for release on Sunday, November 14, 2021. On Wavescan today, six local radio broadcasting stations on the Caribbean island of Antigua. We'll also hear more from Kim Elliott, producer of the Shortwave Radiogram program, And Henry O'Mahe will be along with his Philippine DX Report. On this occasion here in Wavescan, we present the story of six local radio broadcasting stations that have been located on the island of Antigua, a British territory on the northeastern edge of the Caribbean. The stories associated with this cluster of local radio stations span more than half a century of interesting radio history. Ray Robinson has that for us.
0: Thanks, Jeff. So, first we look at the American Forces Radio Service, AFRS Amplifier Station. Back in the era of World War II, the United States was operating major bases on the northern perimeter of the island of Antigua as a form of protection for the Panama Canal. These bases were located at Crabs and Coolidge on both sides of Parham Harbour, and they were collectively a joint operation that involved all four branches of the American Armed Forces. A small and somewhat informal radio station was installed at the American Coolidge Air Force Base, and it was operated in the style of what we would these days call a cable radio station. Local and relayed AFRS programming was broadcast through strategically located loudspeakers throughout the American encampments. The second station was operated by the Antigua Broadcasting Service, or ABS. The well-known aviation pioneer in the Caribbean, Captain Sir Frank Delisle, introduced the first air flight services to several of the eastern Caribbean islands, including Montserrat and Antigua. In November 1952, Sir Frank installed the first radio broadcasting station in Montserrat in the basement of his home, the ornate and historic Ulverston House in suburban Salem. The 40-watt crystal-controlled shortwave transmitter was tuned to the frequency of 3255 kHz in the 90-metre tropical band, and the simple antenna system was a centre-fed doublet erected at the home. The Montserrat government took over the Delisle Volunteer Radio Broadcasting Service five years later, in 1957, and they installed a new medium-wave transmitter in the nearby Groves Agriculture compound with 250 watts on 1550 kHz under the call sign ZJB. On one of his many flights across the separating waterway, Sir Frank then transferred his small low-powered shortwave station from Montserrat and installed it at St John's on the island of Antigua, where it was inaugurated on the same tropical band channel, 3255 kHz. The Antigua Broadcasting Service was officially organised in February 1956, and the shortwave programming service was inaugurated during the following year, 1957. Even at that preliminary stage, the station announced that soon a 500-watt transmitter would be installed. After three years of shortwave programming, in 1960, a new 500-watt medium-wave transmitter was installed and it radiated initially on the almost split-channel frequency of 644 kHz. Five years later, the medium-wave channel was adjusted slightly to the more conventional 10 kHz spacing at 620 kHz. Subsequently, the power level was increased to 5 kW and later again to 10 kW. And then half a dozen years ago, ABS abandoned the use of medium wave in favour of the more economical FM coverage. And then there came commercial station ZDK. After the middle of last century, a large number of radio listeners on Antigua were writing letters of request to radio stations elsewhere, such as to WSTA on St Thomas, the BBC shortwave service in London and the Voice of America in Washington, D.C., In fact, the commercial station WSTA on St Thomas accommodated their listeners on Antigua with a special daily programme under the title Antigua Antics. Commercial leaders on Antigua saw this obvious interest on the part of radio listeners as an opportunity to launch a commercial radio broadcasting station. Ultimately, they were able to launch their own commercial station as ZDK, with 10kW on 1100kHz, and 10W on 99MHz FM on November 30th 1970. At one stage, they considered installing a 50kW medium-wave transmitter, though instead they also abandoned medium-wave in favour of FM, now at 97.1MHz, half a dozen years ago. The medium-wave station Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, with its Baptist connections, was inaugurated on September 7, 1975, with 10 kW on the split-channel frequency of 1165 kHz, with studios and transmitter at Jolly Hill, Antigua. Four years ago, in 2017, their studios were rebuilt at Suburban Valley Church, though the transmitter, a 10 kW Nortel, remained at Jolly Hill. Two frequency-modulated STLs, or studio-to-transmitter links, feed the twin programming from the studios to the medium-wave transmitter at Jolly Hill and to the FM transmitter on 92.3 MHz on a nearby hilltop. This station, Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, with its 10 kilowatts now on 1160 kilohertz, is the only medium-wave station still operating on the island of Antigua.
2: Stay tuned to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, supporting you with the Word of God. 1160 AM, 92.3 FM on your radio dial and online www.radiolighthouse.org. The time is 8 (laughs) o'clock.
0: Then there was a Voice of America relay station. An agreement between the United States and the somewhat independent island nation of Antigua for the installation of a Voice of America relay station was signed in 1980. Preliminary work on the 17-acre site adjacent to the American Air Force Base at Coolidge on the northern edge of the island began in January of the following year, 1981. In VOA parlance, the location was identified as Judge Bay. The original interim equipment for VOA Antigua was contained in a Department of Defence transportable station with a 50 kW transmitter on 1580 kHz and a single omnidirectional tower. Two power generators at 200 kW each provided backup power as needed. Two 50 kW shortwave transmitters at VOA Greenville in North Carolina provided the program feeds. They used Greenville Site A transmitter GA7 on 15650 kHz lower sideband and Greenville Site B transmitter GB7 on 9560 kHz with double sideband. And if needed, backup feeder transmitters are available at other VOA sites in the United States. The station was on the air in English four hours each night with programming beam to the Caribbean and to the South American mainland. On one Sunday each month, the station was on the air for just one hour, from 1700 to 1800 UTC. The downtime was most likely an opportunity for transmitter maintenance and adjustment during normal staffing hours. This VOA slave relay station was inaugurated on April 12th 1981, and it was moved into a permanent facility two years later in 1983, with a two-tower directional antenna system configured for coverage to the south. The last entry in the World Radio TV Handbook for VOA Antigua was for the year 1993, seeming to indicate that the station was closed after a dozen years of on-air service during that same year, 1993. The Antigua station, along with a similar station in Costa Rica, was closed as an economy measure. And lastly, there's the BBC World Service on FM. In 1976, a large new shortwave station was installed on the island of Antigua as a joint operation by the BBC in London and Deutsche Welle in Germany, and it was operated under the auspices of the Caribbean Relay Company Limited. Subsequently, the Caribbean Relay Company also installed an FM station which carried a live relay from the BBC World Service and also the regular regional programme Caribbean Report. Initially, this programming was listed on 98.1 MHz FM, though these days it's noted on 89.1 MHz. Back to you, Jeff.
1: Thank you very much, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Recently on WaveScan, we had the first part of an interview conducted by Aaron Castillo of Electronic Echoes on KPC Radio in Los Angeles, with Dr. Kim Andrew Elliott, former audience research analyst for The Voice of America and producer of Shortwave Radiogram, a weekly broadcast heard on WRMI and WINB that transmits articles and images using digital modes via analog shortwave. Here's Aaron Castillo with part two of that interview.
3: What determines which time slots the show actually runs on? And what are those stations like? That the stations that run shortwave radio,gram like WINB and WRMI.
4: Uh, WINB and WRMI are private shortwave stations. Uh, so, in order for them to stay in business, they sell time to whoever uh, wants to buy that time. And and a lot of the uh, broadcasters who buy the time are religious broadcasters. Uh, some of them are uh, involved in selling various products. Uh, some of them are just like special interest uh, programs. Uh, maybe sometimes of special political interest, and and some of them are of, of technical interest. And that's that would be my show. Um, so uh, you, you know, you just use whatever time happens to be available on either one of those stations.
3: Interesting. You've had a pretty consistent time schedule at least for the past few months. Uh, sure. On the stations, it's been really nice and constant.
4: Well, once a program is established um, and um, uh, there's not a lot of incentive for the station to change the time slot. So uh, now if, if, if another customer comes along who wants to pay a lot more money, then of course I will be bumped. But in the time being, I can stay in those time slots.
3: And something that shortwave radiogram does an interesting amount of is experimenting. Um program sometimes will broadcast in foreign languages uh, or we'll produce web pages or uh, produce messages using FLMSG. Uh, so what has been your success, most successful experiment out of all these or something I don't know?
4: Well, that's kind of hard to, hard to, hard to tack down there. Uh, uh, yes, we have, um, transmitted, uh, Content in in alphabets that are non-Latin. So we've transmitted in in Khmer and we've transmitted in um, Burmese and we've transmitted in Chinese and Arabic and Persian. Even the left-to-right alphabets, just to show that we can we can transmit content in those alphabets on Shortwave uh, and, and get the news news through that way. The FL message you mentioned. Uh, that was just a way of sending content that's formatted, so it's just easier to read. And we can actually transmit formatted web pages. So mm-hmm. you, can, you can receive the HTML to- code via shortwave and put it in a text editor, give it an HTML name, uh, and, and then just, just open it in your web browser, and it's got all the formatting um, it doesn't usually have the pictures because uh, pictures take a long time to transmit in, in HTML code.
3: What unexpected? What are some of the unexpected technical challenges that you face when it's time to go on air? Have you ever had to fix things between your broadcasts and make them better or fit right?
4: Yes, I have. It usually involves typos on my part. I'm, I am very prone to typos. So if I see something that just doesn't work in the first broadcast that's on like winb in pennsylvania that's on thursday evening our time uh if i see a really bad typo or if i see something wrong in in the way the mode is is operating uh i will go back into the uh into the the audacity and fix it and uh and then uh, up send a corrected version of, of that uh audio file to uh WRMI in Florida, which broadcasts the program a little bit later in the weekend.
3: Where do you see shortwave radiogram in the future, and what do you think is its greatest challenges? The
4: greatest challenge is for me to keep up the energy to do it because you know I'm in my retirement years, and uh, uh, energy is harder to come by. Um, but uh, and and the other challenge is to try to get. Radio. The surviving, the remaining shortwave radio stations interested in this concept, uh, while they still exist, because uh, more and more shortwave stations are going off the air. They're shifting everything over to to the internet, and I'm trying to uh, convince people uh, that uh, you probably need to keep a, a shortwave option for uh, uh, communicating information across national boundaries. And and I just uh, uh, either have to do a better job of that, or I have just have to find more time to do that.
3: Where do you think shortwave will be in the future? And do you think there is a niche for it in this digital world?
4: Well, niche is a good word. I think that's where it's going to be. I think we have, I've lost any grip on shortwave as being a mass medium. It was especially in Africa and in parts of Asia where or it was just commonplace for people to listen to shortwave to get the news from, from foreign stations. Uh, Those days are pretty much over. Uh, So I think shortwave in the future is going to be a niche medium. It will um, not attract the majorities uh, or even millions in in the target countries. It will attract however thousands and tens of thousands of people who have uh, interest in radio and technology And they will receive that content and then pass it on to the uh, larger populations in their country that uh, are no longer able to get that information because of the fact that uh, the Internet has been squeezed and censored and interdicted in so many places.
1: That was Kim Elliott, producer of Shortwave Radiogram, talking with Aaron Castillo of Electronic Echoes on kpcradio.com in Los Angeles. You can learn more about Shortwave Radiogram on the web at www.swradiogram.net.
2: Hello and welcome to the DX Report of the Month from Japan Shortwave Club, aided by Toshi Otake and Yuki Kotsuji. We have several DX reports from our club members this week. 4KZ from Queensland, Australia was heard on 5055 kHz on October 6th, from 0912 to 1005 UTC in English. SIO rating was 242. Pub music was played. ID was given at 1000, followed by news. Radio Thailand was heard on 17640 kHz on October 3rd, from the sign on at 0500 to the sign off at 0530 UTC in English. SIO rating was 353. National news was aired, followed by global news at 05.15 and business news at 05.26. The station signed off at 05.30 in the middle of a talk. BBC World Service via Oman was received on 11805 kHz on October 3rd from the sign-on at 1300 to the sign-off at 1400 UTC in English. SIO rating was 3.53. World news was broadcast, followed by the forum at 13.06, talking about sushi, news at 13.30, and the second part of the forum at 13.32. Deutsche Welle via Dabaya, UAE, was heard on 15390 kHz on October 6, from the sign-on at 1400 to the sign-off at 1500 UTC. SIO rating was 353, then down to 252. Interval signal and ID in Dari were given at 1400, then talk program was aired. ID in Pesciuto was given at 1430, followed by talk program and local music. Radio Free Kashmir via Bulgaria was heard on 15170 kHz on October 5th, from the sign-on at 1459 to 1530 UTC in Kashmiri, SIO rating was 252. The station signed on with talk program in English. The ID of IRRS was given as This is IRRS shortwave Milano signing on. Talk program and local music followed after that. The station broadcasts on Tuesdays only. Reach Beyond, Voice of Andes, we are now in Germany, was heard on 13800 kilohertz on October 2nd from 1529 with interval signal to 1550 UTC in Russian. SIO rating was 252. Interval signal and ID were given at 1529, followed by a sermon by a male announcer. Adventist World Radio via Now in Germany was received on 15220 kHz on October 10th from 0735 to the sign-off at 0800 UTC in Arabic. SIO rating was 353. Talk program and hymn were broadcast. ID was given at 0753. Radio France International was heard on 9690 kHz on October 3rd, from 2015, to the sign-off at 2030 UTC in Hausa. SIO rating was 353. Talk program by two male announcers was aired with pop music until 2029. Then ID was given at 2030 before signing off. WBCQ from Monticello, USA was heard on 9330 kHz on October 9th, from 2058 to 2110 UTC in Portuguese. SIO rating was 252. Music program was on the air until 2100, then ID was given in English and Portuguese. Talk program by two male announcers followed after that. Finally, Japan Shotev Club issued QSL cards for the correct reports on a segment of Wavescan program. We are issuing QSL card by email to the report sent by email. Our address for your email report is jswcqsl at live dot I repeat, jswcqsl at live dot jp. We continue to issue the printed QSL card by the same system as before. Your report should be addressed to jswc. P.O. Box 44, Kamakura, which is K-A-M-A-K-U-R-A, postal Code 248-8691, Japan. One ILC or two U.S. dollars for return postage will be appreciated. For this edition of DX Report, we would like to thank Mr. Yoshiaki Hayashi, Mr. Iwao Nagatani, Mr. Chiaki Shimada, and Mr. Kazuaki Oikawa for sharing the information with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us for our next edition of DX Report of Japan Shortwave Club. I'm Yukiko Tsuji in Tokyo.
1: And now we're off to the Philippines. Here's Henry Umadai with his DX report for this month.
5: Hello, everyone, dear shortwave listeners, wherever you are, welcome to the November 14th edition of the Philippine DX. This is report number 176. I'm Henry Umadai in Bacolod City negros occidental central philippines glad to be back and thank you for listening i would like to thank our dxr friends for sending the reception report most recently mr john zachary alvarez in cavite here in the philippines and mr richard lemke in alberta canada so all of you thank you very much reception lags for october 2021 october 4 radio taiwan international on 11915. In Indonesian from Tainan at 10:05 SIO 555 October 4 KBS World Radio on 9770. In English from Jim J at 10:19 SIO 444 October 11 Adventist World Radio on 17540. In Filipino from Agat Guam at 10:35 SIO 555 October 11. Trans World Ratio TWR on 11.965 in Indonesian, Pramaganya, Guam at 10.42, SIO 555. October 11, Transworld Ratio TWR on 11.965 in English, Pramaganya, Guam at eleven hundred SIO 555. October 21, NSQ Ratio, Japan on 15.280 in Japanese from Yamata. At 0833 SIO 555 October 25 Radio New Zealand International On 7245 in English From Rajitaki At 1105 SIO 444 October 25 KBS World Radio On 11915 in Indonesian From Jim che At 1110 SIO 444 October 25 New Life Station KINELAS Alaska On 9795 in English From Anchor Point At 13.05, SIO 444, October 26, China Radio International on 17.510 in Filipino from Shan at 12.25, SIO 444, and October 26, KBS World Radio on 9785 in Indonesian from Jim J at 14.15, SIO 433. Send us your comments, suggestions, reception lags, and information to... Our new email address, filipinasdx at gmail.com. That's P-I-L-I-P-I-N-A-S-D-X for filipinasdx at gmail.com. This has been Henry Omaday for Wavescan in Bacolod City, Nagrasco, Senegal, Sandra, Philippines sa mabuhay at maraming salamat po.
1: And we end this week's WaveScan with some more music from Antigua, King Obstinate. Or is it King Swallow? It's King Swallow, one of the famous singers from that island uh, back from the uh, 1970s, I believe. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson. Next week, the radio scene on an island called Maria and our Bangladesh DX report. Several QSL cards are available for Wavescan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry Wavescan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio. P.O. Box 234, Prakanong. that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondents to Wavescan, not Reception Reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida, in the United States. Till next week, good listening, everyone.